Hello and happy Tuesday, everyone. I am Ryan Block, and this is the third episode of the fourth season of the Open Heart Collective. And this is a first for the Open Heart Collective. We've never had two guests, let alone a couple on the show. So I am beyond excited and elated to welcome uh, people who I consider friends, uh, Lydia and Ryan, to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to have us on your show. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we, 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 can be, we can be uncomfortable. We're all friends here. So for those of you guys who haven't uh, tuned into an episode of the Open Heart Collective before, you're like, I don't know what this is about, or you're listening to it after the fact, or you're watching it after the fact, and you're like, I don't know what I'm here for. I'm going to just get that out of the way early. So the Open Heart Collective was started back in March 2018 with the purpose and intent of breaking the stigma on mental health. The conversations around mental health have not been often enough as of late. So what we've been doing is we wanted to create a place where people could become vulnerable and it'd be a safe place for them to share their stories, what they've, what they've gone through, their, their, their dark moments, their obstacles that they've had to overcome, what they've done to overcome them. And most importantly, what's exciting in their life right now, because oftentimes nowadays the conversation around mental health stops at the darkness and rarely does it push beyond it into ways that can actually inspire and uplift those who are currently struggling. So with that being said, tonight we are going to learn a little bit more about Lydia and Ryan's story, uh, their individual stories as well as their collective story, and then uh, learn what their obstacles and struggles have been and what they did to overcome them. And most importantly, what's exciting in their world right now, which I'm kind of blessed to already know some of the exciting news in their world right now. But with no further ado, Lydia and Ryan. So I absolutely love the name of your podcast. My business name is Abundant Heart Space, and I really resonate with, with your name. Um, I am an energy healer and a teacher, and I help people who work through different traumatic experiences that they've been through. I help people to clear from past traumas. And yeah, I just absolutely love helping people to step into the best version of themselves. Love it. Yeah. So what about you, Ryan? Right now. Uh, so I am, I like to start it off by saying I'm an ex-mechanical engineer um, because that will, I guess, prepare all of the folks who are kind of more on the uh, nerdy side of the spectrum. They'll say, I maybe understand you a little bit more. So I like to lead with that. Um, but what I really love and what I do right now is I help people um, essentially how to use and how to use design processes to whether that be improve their lives or improve their businesses. So it's, it's kind of a interesting thing when I say, what do you do? I, I, I design. Um, but really what I do is I teach design. So I teach people how to uh, discover the, their problems, understand them better, and then develop and then go test the solutions in a lot of different areas. So, um, being an engineer, and it was a great experience, um, primarily focused on products at that point. However, I also have a background in behavioral research, which is just the study of how behaviors are made, how people make decisions, um, things like that. And then I also got a background in design research, which is just the study of design, which is which is what I love and really passionate about. So and basically, I've got a lot of really smart people on the other side of the screen for me. And I'm just a guy with a voice. <laughs> But anyways, anyways, so I don't know which one of you wants to begin. We can always go with the ladies first mentality, or we can say we can flip the script and go equality and say, hey, we want to we want to hear Ryan's story. So I will leave it up to you guys or a coin flip to decide who begins. tonight. I'll go first. I'll make it easy. All right. So a volunteer's tribute. I got it. Okay. So I'm going to start my story in 2016 when I started my business as a music instructor. So all my life, I played the piano. I've had lessons, you know, up until I was 18. And um, and I didn't actually think that I was going to go into teaching music, but it was one of those things that the universe was like, you should do this after getting married. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. So I started my business in 2016. And um, a little over a year in, I grew it to 40 students. And I absolutely loved teaching piano lessons. And I 
found something interesting that started happening. Most of my students were adults, which I didn't even realize was like not really that common for piano teachers. But after talking with other piano teachers and realizing like this is actually kind of like my thing. Um, and what I found was that the clients or the teacher, the students that would come in were all people who had had piano lessons before, but had such a bad experience or thought that they were not musical because of the way that they were learning how to play to learn music. And so what I would do is I would help them to essentially recreate that script. Um, and I taught piano from the opposite way that a traditional teacher would teach. So I taught students how to play music first and taught them the theory behind music. And then I like flipped it and taught them how to read after they were already playing. And this it's just like this instant gratification where, you know, adult students can come in and in two lessons they're playing and it's musical and it's so healing too. Like there's just so much healing that goes on in music. And what I found that started happening in my lessons is um, my students, my adult students started coming in and actually asking if um, we could do coaching sessions and like therapy sessions rather than piano lessons. And when this started happening, I'm like, you know, there must be something to this. Like I should probably get certified in something. So I ended up um, going out and getting certified as um, a life coach. And I thought that that was the way for me, right? Okay, so around the same time, um, well, I'm going to backtrack. So when I was 19. I was going to say, we can pace. We got an hour. You don't yeah. have to go rushing into everything right away. Just take a breath. It's okay. I go fast through life. And I have. We, I, I know this, but they don't know this. Yes. So, so I'm, I'm going to actually say something kind of random. Um, I'm a co-owner in a group called Florida Serda and Tribu, and it's actually an English group. So any girls watching, you can find us on Facebook um, and it means flourish in your tribe. And every week we have themes. And this week the theme is slow down. <laughs> yeah. And I did a Facebook live in our group for 45 minutes about slowing down. Um, I just can't get enough of that. Like I still go fast, but thank you for giving me the permission to slow down. I'll take that. Um, I had a glass of wine before coming on the call too. <laughs> like, you you know, got to calm those nerves out. Oh, apparently it, it's like espresso for me. I don't know. Um, anyway, so back to my story around when I was 19, I started getting pretty sick. Um, I lost a lot of weight and I started having these reactions. Like my throat started swelling up when I would eat random foods and didn't know what was going on. Um, I mean, I was always pretty skinny, but I was like extremely skinny at this point. And so went to lots and lots of different doctors. I had blood tests come to find out I had an allergy to corn of all things. Yeah. And this is a hard allergy to have. Oh, yeah, especially in the States. Did you know corn is in sink water? Yeah, it's it's everywhere. It's um, in sink water because they put a little bit of chlorine in the water to clean the water. And to make the chlorine mix, they have to put a teeny tiny bit of cornstarch. But that a minute amount would cause me to react. So I actually, I didn't know that. I mean, I obviously, like, didn't know a lot of things starting out with this allergy. Right. But I found this group on Facebook. It's like a corn-free group. And there are two different types of, like, corn allergy people there's corn light and corn free and I was corn free so I couldn't have anything that even like you know wow. came in contact with corn um so that was pretty traumatic Ryan you were going to jump in and say something oh yeah that I think you had covered it pretty well it's um before we started even really dating or even it was like around uh or that was when you were gluten intolerant mm -hmm. right um, so that's, I met her and that's the way she, she was mm -hmm. then. Um, and then this happened a while later. Um, were we engaged at that point? I think we were, we were just about, we were engaged when we found out what it was, but when it started, I was around 19. Okay. That's right. I don't have timeline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yeah. So I'll let you get back to it, but I'll just add in the caveat that it's like, uh, some of us are like list oriented people, uh, but take that to the extreme and just imagine a world where everything you purchase to eat, um, is specifically ordered, like specifically picked off of a list. That's not just types of foods. It's specific brands, right? It's specific brands and specific 
pipes in you know the mineral water of this or there know. were three two or three types of waters that i could buy um and so it was like that wow. crazy yeah. because most bottled water has corn in the, the plastic um because there's so much excess corn and they're like what do we do with it let's <laughs> anyway so yeah. i mean but, we know that there are a lot of these companies out there that aren't necessarily the product that we think they are they're not a company of that they're like a, a plastic company or a other type of company that's producing their their purchases the bottle yeah. or the container that it comes in, not necessarily the food item itself. And so in addition to this corn allergy, of course I had, you know, my anxiety got um, a lot stronger in all of this. Mm -hmm. I was not confident about the way I looked. I got down to 95 pounds. I had an EpiPen. The doctors gave me an EpiPen because of the reaction, like the extent of, or the greatness of the reaction. And I also all of a sudden started having um, asthma attacks. So they gave me an albuterol machine. I had an inhaler. Like I had never had asthma before and it's just like, boom, okay, now I have asthma too. So that was a lot, you know, um, wow. and going from someone who was pretty healthy, like rock climbed, loved like, you know, hiking and stuff too, like being super skinny. Um, and so just like looking and looking for help and every single time that I'd go to the doctor, I just hit a wall. They would say like, there's no, there's nothing we can do for you. Like I actually ended up in the hospital at one point. This was like the worst idea ever, but I went to a church retreat in the middle of a cornfield and I didn't eat any corn, but just being surrounded by it, like it, I ended up in an asthma attack and had to go to the hospital from that. Um, you know, you can't eat it. Why would you, that, that, that's like saying, okay, I can't drink milk. So therefore I'm going to go bathe in milk. I know I didn't really think it through. Like I offered. So I, I mean, you were 19. So, I mean, well, not I was like, because yeah, I was a traveling nanny for five years. Right. And so um, this family that I had previously nannied for in like Missouri asked me if I'd fly out and help them out. So I offered to do that. And that involved taking them to a church retreat. And I just didn't realize it was surrounded by corn, but I'll never forget like pulling in and the kids in the back seat. <clears throat> They're like, Lydia, we're surrounded by corn. What if you die? They're like, I hope that doesn't happen. That would be a disturbance. And I'm like, yeah, I hope it doesn't happen too. But okay. Um, but yeah, so that's- By the happen. way, hashtag kids, because all of them are like that. I know. They get a hold on one little thing that you've got and they're, they're just going to expose it. It's hilarious. I love kids. Yeah. So um, I hit rock bottom and I did not know what I was going to do around the same time. I heard this podcast about manifesting and it was this older man who had never manifested in his life. And he was talking about it. He's like, you know, I just heard about this thing. And, um, and so he said how he wrote on a post-it note that he was going to get a certain amount of money in two weeks. And he, and he like said it every single day, like, I'm going to get this. And he did. And he was like, that was just crazy. I can't believe this happened. And I was listening to this and I'm thinking like, okay, that is kind of crazy. But like, I don't want to do that. But like, if, if the universe, if, if God mm -hmm. will grant us our desires in like, in that way, like he wants us to be happy and he wants us to be healthy and he wants You're us right. to be. So why wouldn't I ask him to help me with this? Like, why haven't I in the past? You know, this is so silly. So I wrote on a post-it note, I do not have any allergies. Um, I also wrote like, I don't have any canker sores because that was one of the reactions to my corn. I would have canker sores in my mouth for like two weeks at least. And usually three or more at, the, at a time. It was very painful. One so, is uncomfortable. I can't imagine three. Yeah. Talk about like learning how to tolerate pain. That taught me how. Yeah. I'm cringing just at the thought of that. Anyways, continue. So I, um, I started speaking this every single day and every night when I would go down to pray, I would pray that. And within a month, I found out about this lady. She is a Nate practitioner and that's in AET. And I know it's not for everyone, but I, I researched it a lot before going out there. And it kind of seemed like, like half of the people were like, this is amazing. And this works. And then half were like, this is a scam. Like, don't do it. And I was like, you know what? Like I know multiple people who have gone to her, who have told me about their experiences. One, including someone who also had an anaphylactic reaction, whose throat also would close up, you know, if she got that thing. So I'm like, I'm just going to do it. So I um, took off work and I flew out there and it was a six, six day thing. So I had six sessions with her. And on the very first 
day, she, um, essentially it was like a therapy session and honestly I had never had therapy before. So that was interesting. Um, it was like, you know, <laughs> breaking open the heart. Um, and so she wanted me to tell her about everything that had happened to me throughout my life, starting from the time that I could remember. So we're in there for three hours, the first day of the sentence. And I'm telling her about everything and we get done. And after telling her about everything, we were able at this point to figure out like, okay, this started around when I was 19. Like we had, we pinpointed that and we're mm-hmm. like, okay, what happened when I was 19, you know, and we're talking about it. And I'm like, nothing. Like I just started dating my, my now husband, Ryan. And like, he, um, he was amazing. Like everything's going well. And she looks at me with these like all knowing eyes. And she said, Lydia, were you molested? And in that moment, like whole body got goosebumps and I, I just got goosebumps and I've heard this story before. Yeah. I, it, it was insane. I was, and it was on a plane and it was just so traumatic that I tried to block it out. And I, I did that throughout my life, not just that time, but throughout my life. And I love food so much. And she said that what happened was that like, in those traumatic experiences throughout my childhood and my life and my adult life, I would like, maybe there was corn, for instance, like on the plane. Right. And so when that happened, my body or my brain connected that experience with that, even though I had no idea. Um, And so we processed through that. And then she had some, also some sort of like energy clearing techniques that um, came from like Eastern medicine that she used, including EFT, which I now do in my sessions with clients. And it's amazing. Um, and, and then within seven sessions or six sessions, she said, Lydia, you can eat corn now and you're not going to die. And she had told me the day before, she's like, bring something in. And so I thought like, okay, okay. and, um, I brought in a this donut. So too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I brought in a donut. I love donuts so much. Like I take a donut over a cake every day for my birthday. Um, and I didn't die. Like I ate that donut. I'm like, you know, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die eating a donut, but nope, I didn't. Um, Go down with the donut, man. I respect. I was 95 pounds at that point. And when that happened, that really changed my whole life's goal. You could say like, I really felt like the universe was saying like, Lydia, I've given you this experience so that you can now help other people to understand the importance of um, the importance of like clearing from trauma because I had lived so much of my life going forward and just kind of having this, like, ain't nobody got time for that mentality. Right. Just like going forward throughout my life. And like, I did not cry. I'm envisioning the meme. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I do. I envision the meme every time and it makes me smile. Um, But like, I, I didn't cry. I kind of honestly thought of that as like, kind of like a a weakness or something. I don't know. I just didn't. Um, and it had, you know, it still takes a bit of time for me to get myself to, but it's, I think it's important for everyone to at some times, you know, but like just even taking that time. Now I understand the importance of taking that time to process. And I do that every single day. It's not like when people hear my story and they're like, wow, that's amazing. Like, I want to go to this lady. I'm like, hold on. There's a lot more to it than just like this person. Like you can, wherever you're at, like there are people who are meant for you to help you heal. Um, and, but outside of those people who are helping you heal, like you have to do a lot of work too. It's daily work. And mm-hmm. I then figured out that like, I carry my stress in my stomach, right? So if something negative or traumatic happens, I instantly feel it in my stomach and I just have to step away, go to the bathroom or something and like clear. And then I can go forward. And if I don't, it turns into something bigger. Um, and so now that I have these tools, I help my clients to do the same thing as well. And it's just like the best thing. Like I get to go to bed at night, every single night feeling so fulfilled. So that is sort of like kind of what started me towards the energy work. Right. But at this time, like coming back from that, I was still, I still had my business, my studio, um, teaching piano and I was doing more life coaching and it, I was hitting a wall with the life coaching and just, it was not picking up steam. And um, we moved to Paraguay this year, 2019. That's another story, totally another story. Um, and in that, move, I started a podcast called find your happy. And I connected to a bunch of different energy healers. And one of the energy healers that I had connected to told me, she's like, Lydia, you know, you're not supposed to be coped. She's like, you're not a coach. She said, a coach has to actually go down to the level of the client and help them up. But you do your best work when you're at a higher vibrating level and actually helping clients to raise their vibration, so to speak. That's energy term. Um, And so just 
that like I am supposed to be an energy healer and I'm supposed to be a teacher, but I'm not a coach. And that tiny transition for me in my marketing, like completely changed everything. Um, so that's my, and, and I've been able to see it too, which has been awesome. So I, I, I just, I'm that I get to experience a lot of it too. So, but so right now, now that Lydia completely stole all thunder from every part of the room, in both Paraguay and here in the U.S., like I want to hear your story now because I don't know much of your story. I I knew Lydia's story, but yeah. I know the audience didn't know Lydia's story. Now the platform is yours. Yeah, I would say um, my story is is still a work in progress, but I can tell you what I've learned. We so. all are a work in progress. <laughs> That's what makes this a story and not a complete book. So. Um, as I wrapped up, um, my schooling, that'd be six, seven years ago now, um, I entered, I, I got a, a good position at a, a large company, um, a good company and it's treated very well there. Um, but what I was finding is, um, I would go to work and I would, work and I would come home and I was drained. And what I was finding was, is that I really enjoyed the ideas and I really enjoyed the working with the people. Um, but as an engineer, typically you, a lot of times what you're doing is you're kind of putting your head down and you're focusing on something that's in front of you. So whether it be mm-hmm. working within an existing process, uh, an existing software platform, um, whether that be designing, um, writing, or doing something like that. But it's usually very, it's very, it's focused on one thing. And there's not a lot of sharing that goes on when you're an engineer. And what I found is I I transitioned from that to a a temporary role in a marketing position. And the paradigm completely switched. Where I- As it often does between marketing and engineering. Yeah, so- um, it, they sometimes uh, some of the guys in marketing will joke, or especially the guys who come from engineering, um, guys or girls will joke that it's uh, like once you get a taste of the the marketing, and that's you're like oh, the light bulb goes off. But for me, right. it, I definitely see that as being a part of my experience and something that I can relate to in seeing what others have gone through um, when the problems that they're solving. So I. Um, a little bit about me is I'm an I'm an extrovert. Um, even though I don't always come across that way, I am I am actually uh, if I if you take any sort of test, I am extrovert like all the way. Can I say something here really fast? Go for it. I'm just gonna say that I didn't realize this when we got married. Yeah. Like I, I love I loved Ryan before getting married. Like when I thought he was an introvert, right? But as soon as I got married. <laughs> I am, I'm an empath, right? So I have to have like a lot of time by myself. And I realized really quickly that Ryan was more of an extrovert in a lot of ways than I am. And I always like considered myself as like the most extroverted extrovert, you know, but like, because he's just like every night, like, you know, after we got married, he's like, who do you want to hang out with tonight? Who should we play games with tonight? Like, what should we do tonight? And anyway, so. Yeah. So um, it's, it's an interesting Kind of uh, thing. So I'm extremely introvert. I'm extremely extroverted. Um, but the way that I would say I process information, uh, the way that I interact with people, um, I'm not so much of an empath, or at least that's something that did not come to me very naturally. Um, but he's no, really long, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, nope, he's not. Yeah, like sharing one-on-one stories or like hearing your life story is like it takes practice for me to really engage with that but what will completely switch is when we start to discuss an idea or a topic um i have been accused of arguing for the sake of arguing before and that is 100 percent true because for me that like that sort of like mental exercise is is really engaging and really fun and for Lydia that is like stressful like <laughs> yeah I don't I don't like to fight just, for the it's just like this either. Like, out my hair I can't do this 
this is, and for me, it's, it's not personal at all. It's just like, let's work this problem out. Let's focus on it. Like this idea, this topic, this theme. Um, so I'm the person that you want to discuss politics with. Um, but you got to be careful because we're not going to get on into that on <laughs> this will, show because but, uh, oh my, we could have there could yep. be an entire subset of this show yeah. that is just yes. American political system right now. But you would need to be careful um, because no, I wouldn't because I don't have that a argument out. I'm going to take the opposite side even if I agree with you. That's um, true. Is that that's <laughs> We're, um, we'll have to take that one off, everybody, because I'm yeah, really curious yeah. to see how we can have a little uh, back and forth about that. So, but. It, I guess as as uh, as I was working, and I kind of had this realization during that time. Um, and then what I did is I went back to a very technical role, um, and a role where I was very focused on kind of one thing, and there wasn't as much crossover between the different platforms or the different kind of groups that I was working with. Um, and, and my, I would say my work life balance absolutely tanked at that point. Um, I was absolutely drained when I came home. Um, I was not in good shape. I mean, it's like, I think the, the kind of the, I don't know if this thing or not, but the kind of the, it's like, if there's one area in your life that is like an absolute empty, it's going to just pull from everything else. Oh yeah. Um, because it's got to fill up somehow. Yeah, and that was 100% true for me. Um, and I guess at that point in time, um, I went to a, um, it was a training, and it was called Foundations. Um, it was put on through my work, and it was a, a two-day thing. Um, and it was put on, and it was, uh, it was interesting because it, it came highly recommended, um, and, but it's not a specific job training. That was by this guy who, who puts it on. It's an older gentleman who's worked specifically with a company I'd been with for, for a while doing kind of this different training foundations all over the place, uh, the different locations. Um, and it's it's a really powerful program because it, it's not focused on do this or X by Y stuff. It is focused on work-life balance. It's focused on why you work and how you work. It completely, and it was like the way he was talking to me, and I think maybe some people have had this experience if they've gone to um, a seminar with some, you know, um, motivational speaker or someone like in the vein of like a Seth Godin or Zig Ziglar. Yeah, like this, these kind of like. I remember the Zig Ziglar conferences. I went to yeah. And it, it was like one. Um, and so I was in this thing. And um, in this thing. And I, and I got done with it and I was like, one, I know I have to make a change. Right. And two, I want to do what he does. Cause he talks about the how he talks about, right. it's just how, how do you apply it? How do you understand it? What are you going to do about it? Um, and I love the way like a lot. Of, that seems like a great euphemism for life in general. Yeah. Um, and, and I love the way that he made me feel and the way that he made other people feel and the way that like he connected. And I said, you know, it's just like one of those things. Um, I think some of the best advice I ever got was if you see something that someone else is doing and you think, man, I'd like, you know, I think I could do that. I'd like to do that. Then, you know, like then go do it. Like you can, that's permission. If you see someone else enjoying it and you're like, well, that maybe you should try it. Like it's a good indication. A lot of times it's, and we don't oftentimes give ourselves permission to to even think that we could provide that or do that or if, do that. if anything we gives our, we give ourselves the inability to ever even think about it right because we're like no we can't do that there's there's this barrier there's this barrier there's that obstacle there's that obstacle and all of these things are stacking up in front of our ego comes in with that fear yeah and ego's it, a pain in the ass i don't like it very much yeah and so i would say at that point in time um there was a rewiring in my kind of approach. So I, I think at that point it was like, you know, being better at the technical side, kind of the, mm. the more focused work. That was not my specialty. That was not what was it, being better at that or doing more of right. it 
more efficient at it, you know, being um, as someone who's driven by, you know, um, credibility or respect from, from others, it's something that like being a high achiever in that area wasn't, wasn't ever going to, wasn't ever going to make me feel fulfilled. And so um, I, I think that's the point where it kind of switched for me. And then over the process of the next two years, I would say um, it was a little bit of an experience where um, I would kind of say it's like to make a change, there has to be a catalyst, right? There has to be something. Right. But for you to want to make the change, if the change is not easy or small, oftentimes that requires you to be so uncomfortable that you will make the change no matter what. That's and why it, I like to say my superpower is being uncomfortable. <laughs> and so it's, it was a little bit of that, right? It's like, so how much can I take before I'm willing to make a change? Right. Um, and so uh, I would say that that kind of ties in with, us, um, you could say I, I made some small steps during those those time, and I put myself in more position where my ability to connect at work and things like that um, were much more at the forefront of what I was doing every day, and I was able to improve my work life balance significantly. But of course, um, as long as I was kind of in that stool, that kind of role, I was never going to really feel fulfilled, right? I could just improve right. my situation. Um, and that was when I think I got more serious about it, about figuring out how to make the change, um, mm -hmm. realizing that uh, uncomfortableness and saying, all right, you know, how much more do I need to suffer or how much more do I need to suffer? Um, much longer, how much more? Uh, or I would want to make a change. So at that point, I talked to Lydia. Um, I hired a personal coach. Uh, a career coach for me and we went through some steps um and then that was starting about six months or so um before we left for paraguay and we keep on saying like and then we left for paraguay all for the better no i'm just it's just a different right. set of challenges right but um paraguay is a nice kind of break because we knew that leading up to that um for about two years, we knew that we were going to be leaving. And I notified my work a year before I left um, that I would, so that I could train and get everybody out, the, my replacement over my project up to speed. Right. Um, and so that's kind of when it ended. And that's when I, about the same time, um, I launched fully into trying to, let's say trying to, still learning, how to, become that person um that i you know i saw what four or five years ago and i said that that's what i want to be um right. and so that's it's i would say along the way i found a number of things that i, I really enjoy really passionate about um one of those things interestingly relates to lydia's experience um and that is i do a lot of self-studying and a lot of reading um about behavioral economics which is just the study of how people make decisions. Um, and then also behavioral design, which is how do you, um, it can be product related or service related, right? So how do you right. make Instagram as addictive as it is? Um, or or is, is big or, ad. Or how do you piss off a lot of people on Instagram? You take away the story feature. Um, <laughs> or the ability to see more, or have more people see your stories. But again, whole other conversation. Yeah. <coughs> Um, and then I would, I like to clarify because there's another kind of area of that element, which is, um, of kind of goes under behavioral design, which is the study of, um, behaviors and emotions. So that's habit forming processes. So how do you make things stick? Um, how do you look at your attitude? How does those affect the ways that you work? How do you set up structures? Um, and what I did is I tied that with my background. So I've always been a bit involved with uh, facilitating or running design um, organizations at work or kind of managing larger processes and, and doing a lot of teaching. Um, yep. Something I, I love. I think if I, if I call myself an instructor, 
um, instructor and I say, and coach, because <laughs> um, I will work with you on one-on-one. Um, if I say instructor, I think that's a really good way to put it. So someone who facilitates and helps you and guides you through the process of right. or understanding whatever you're working on and then going and creating a solution for it. Um, for me, something that really resonated with me was my journey through my process, right? So from going from, I'm an engineer and that's who I am and maybe I'm not so happy with it actually. And then kind of understanding it, right? Those a couple of years after after college, right? And you're saying, I'm in my, in my role and getting better at my role isn't leading me to be more happier. Um, what is it? Why is that? How, understanding that. It's funny how that whole thing works, huh? Yeah. So what I did is I said, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm raising one hand. I know, right? Yeah, I'll do two fingers. I know one. Uh, <laughs> I got my other hand off screen here, so you can't, can't see. Um, so it's like, one, I know how to kind of design things, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm very good at breaking down and understanding systems and putting together projects and putting together a plan to go then test it and evaluate it and, and bring it full circle again. It's a matter whether that you know, interacting with a customer or a product or a service. Um, I'm like really passionate about that, the study of design. So it's like, I understand how to do that. And I know a bunch of tools and techniques to kind of drop in along the way, right? Right. And I said, the other thing though, that I learned along the way is like, behavioral design is fascinating. And there is, it's really somewhat intuitive um, to try to bring the two together, right? right? And say, how can I help people understand how their actions, what they're interacting with, uh, specifically their relationships, their work, their health, how are all of those things kind of some of the parts, right? Coming right. together and in, in leading to engagement, energy, and joy in their lives. Or a lot of times, first time you think about it, is when there's a drain in, in any of those things, right? So, right? so how do you understand that? kind of orient or like orientate yourself so you kind of see your situation and then actually be able to take steps properly in the future that's right so it's a it's going to be directional right because we right just our life is is not like x marks the spot right you mean it's not a straight line <laughs> right you know we there's no perfect script right but it's like it's just like a design problem right it's we know where we're at we can get a pretty good idea where we're at and then we can try to make a change of educated guess about where we want to go we can then go look at the results that those things bring us and then we can kind of reevaluate and so that is the process that i put a lot of time and effort into developing um i did it specifically around relationships how i Mm -hmm. how you interact with people um because for me that was where i found i was having a complete misunderstanding right um, so I've been lucky enough to, to figure out the kind of like the connection, the love aspect, right? Um, got lucky on that front. Um, thanks. Um, and she's like, yeah, that was all me. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, but, but I struggled putting together, um, the correct or kind of the, the structure in place for, um, my work environment for mm-hmm. setting up structure for kind of outlet for play um, and then for health to various degrees, a little more successful on those ones. But for me, it was really work and and play where I was not very good about setting up um, the sort of environment, sort of relationships for me that would actually lead to me enjoying myself, um, bringing fulfillment because it's not just all about having fun. Um, No way. That's kind of what I've done. I've been doing it all wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's that's um, that's what I do now. Um, so I, uh, if you think about it really broadly, I help people kind of understand where they're at, um, how's it going, where to focus to help kind of understand their situation, and and really immediately start to make changes. Um, to increase their happiness. Um, it's, I, I joke, it's, it's not rocket science, um, but it is neuroscience. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, to some degree it is. Um, 
but then and then of course you build in all the like proven design techniques to actually come up with effective and creative solutions um, and then you build those things around proven processes that actually help you create the habits that you want create the interactions that you want um, it essentially it's it teaches people how to go create the things that they have always wanted to create um, but maybe didn't know how that that's what I teach <laughs> love it and what's super cool is I feel like Ryan and I, we kind of do the same thing, but in different ways, right? Like like right. Ryan does, you do like mind mapping and mm-hmm. I do more of the emotional work that goes into that and the, the energetic clearing. Right. I mean, you guys definitely are a very good in, in not obviously not just in your relationship, but the way that you guys work is very good compliments one another. And um, it's, it, which is why I wanted you both on the show because I mean I could have very easily had the had each of you on the show in separate episodes and kind of went deeper with both of you. But I'm like, no, if I'm gonna do if I'm gonna have a couple on the show, I'm gonna have a couple who's actually doing real positive life altering work. And I truly believe that of both of you guys. And uh I believe of that of you together as well. Thank so. you. <clears throat> Yeah, it's gotten really hot in my office all of a sudden. But um, you know, I've been talking apparently a lot, and heat doesn't leave this place. But um, so all of that to be said, we we definitely touched on what the story was. We definitely touched on obstacles and things that had to be overcome from realizing that the core analogy was a mental block and not a physical limitation to getting past the, just the, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of call out all the engineers out there, the boring day to day, go in, clock in, work my four hours, take my lunch, leave, work, go back and take my the last three hours of the day, punch out, go home, do the same thing. I, I can't do that. Like that drives me. Some people can though. <laughs> I know. I, I absolutely they can. Absolutely. And to them, they're fascinating to study because I, I, I can't be that way. I can never just stop, which is again, why we do these episodes that this has been the earliest episode of the season, by the way, because everything else has been at like nine o'clock my time, which is like 10 o'clock Eastern time when it's just like, no, that's not happening. Um, clock our time can i add one more thing that i feel like i've overcome like recently in the last absolutely okay so in that core and allergy experience i also so i've always been an empath i've always felt energy very strongly but i didn't have the tools and i didn't have the boundaries to know how to boundaries really where it's at right how to feel my energy versus other people's energy and so i have learned those tools and that has been so transformational so for empaths, we go to that energy of empathy naturally, innately, right? Just like instantly mm-hmm. when we're around someone. If we're not conscious about not going to that energy, we will. And something that has changed my life is that now I go into the energy of compassion when I'm with people who are down, with people who are in a lower vibrating energy, because the difference between compassion and empathy is that compassion has boundaries with it, right? So you're able to be yes. around yeah. someone who is super down and you're able to just love them from a distance instead of instantly like going down to their level. And that's right. it's not, it's not like this. It's a little bit more like, yeah. And you can be close to them. You know, it's just like learning those. Um, and even energetically speaking, like we all have an aura, right. And that's like our energy field and learning how to bring my aura in. And, and now I get to teach clients how to do that because empaths actually have their auras further out naturally. Even if you didn't know you have an aura, it's your energy field. Everyone has one. Um, and so to apparently be- yesterday, mine was white. I don't necessarily know what that means, but I had a meeting yesterday evening and mine was, I was told that mine was radiating white. Typically, like purity. I mean, that sounds so cliche, but. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Watt, peace and goodwill. Yes. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. keep going. 
I'm done. I just know that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, no, it's great though. It's when you can go into your true self, right? Mm-hmm. And and understand that, okay, this is who I am supposed to be and I can be confident in who I am supposed to be regardless of maybe the current mental position or the current physical limitation that I'm, ex- that I'm experiencing. Right. Because a lot of, in, in this subject of mental health, a lot of it's about, okay, we are currently in a moment of darkness, right? So how do we transition away from that moment of darkness, knowing that, or we're stuck in the obstacles or the, the repetitious cycle of self-abuse or abuse from others or abuse of narcotics or, or abuse of really anything. Um, can then comes in and then impedes who we know our true self to be or who we believe ourselves to be. And I, I, I am of the, of the mindset that it's all about changing the narrative, right? We, we, for so long, and thanks to social media, we've, we've reacted to mental health and it's not been a proactive conversation outside of, several amazing organizations like hope for the day or hope for the day or project semicolon or AFSP or any of these other kind of more governmental organizations who have assistance that they provide. We just, we don't, we aren't having these conversations. We aren't having it to the point where we can say, all right, this is a safe space, get vulnerable because when we become vulnerable, we, open ourselves up to the ability to not only become impacted by others, but also impact others as well. And it's the ability to then build confidence and remove ego. And that's the entire ethos of this show, of this show, of this community. I mean, now 52 guests in considering I've had two people on the show. now, uh, That's 52 guests in 51 episodes. So I'll take it. But, um, it's been wonderful to learn everybody's backstory to not only get the stories, but everybody's had struggles, right? The, the common, I got frozen for a second. The common denominator in all of this is that we all have, we all hurt. We all have pain. We all have moments of darkness, obstacles, and everybody's way to move through them is different. And that's a great thing that this show has done to shed light on is that, Hey, okay, well, I know I'm struggling with this. Well, what worked for Ryan, you're Ryan, not me. It didn't work for this Ryan, but that's okay. But the fact of the matter is, is now that we have ways or tools or knowledge that we can adapt and potentially mold into our life to make our lives better mm-hmm. and, um, or to at least make our lives less shittier. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has been an interesting year. I mean, it, when I, I don't know how many people actually know this about me. So I'm going to, we have a few extra minutes. So I'm going to, usually it's very programmed. And then last week we had a a technological glitch where my guest actually dropped off of both platforms when I was doing this. And, um, and I was left to talk about me, which was weird because this isn't been about me, but I've used, I've always worked for other people. Right. Much like, much like Ryan, I I'd have jobs, but I would leave and I would just be drained. I would just feel like, Oh, and then I'd get up in the morning and be like, Nope, but I would get up and do it anyways. I actually left my last job in August and it has been a whirlwind since. And I've actually much like, much like Ryan was talking about when he, when it gave him the ability to, step into what he actually wanted to do and re realign with who he wanted to be. And I feel like I kind of experienced a lot of the same, same thing over the last really last two months. And because it's only been since the end of August and it's now, by the way, when did it become the 22nd of October? Like why did time have to go by that quickly? I know it's crazy. It seems like this year is just gone. But um, if somebody could explain that to me, at any point in time, like, I don't care. I'm just wondering why time perceive perceivably goes so much faster, the older that you get. 
Ryan, do you have any insights for me on that one, buddy? Um, <laughs> no, not without getting into how you actually experience time. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's a big conversation. Yeah. yeah but <clears throat> so it's a whole other topic. Yeah, a whole other topic. Um, one that I want to get into just now, right now. Um, so with that being said, I want to know what's the exciting stuff right now. I could pontificate about myself all day long, but I'm really I want to know the exciting things. Uh, because I'm merging my two businesses. When I moved to Paraguay, I continued teaching piano. So I am still teaching, but all remotely. I have something called relative pitch. So I hear a note and I know what it is. And I'm, um, so I'm, I'm totally teaching. jealous, by the way. Um, it helps with online lessons. So that's good. Um, so when I'm taking that, this gift that I have of being able to compose music pretty much on the fly, um, and I'm pairing it with my energy business. And now I'm doing sessions for people all around helping them to manifest using music. So for instance, Ryan, you can give me a sentence, right? And it can be something about your future that you want to manifest in the, the upcoming days. What is something in your life that you would like to see happen? Um, I was talking about this, Ryan, Ryan Block, oh. but I know I, I'm thinking like that. That's a that's a big answer right there because it's like, oh, there's so many things that are happening. Feelings doesn't have to be like physical things, but three feelings like you want to feel energized and full of joy. or yeah. whatever. Definitely, definitely energized. Um, realigned, because one of the things that when I left my last quote unquote jo job, I, um, I kind of got out of whack with a lot of like my meditation, a lot of my physical fitness attributes. And so trying to find, because when you go into entrepreneur mode, like most of us are in this mode constantly, but what you don't see in oftentimes the conversations around mental health with entrepreneurship is like, it's all hours of this, just staring into a computer screen or staring into a phone. I and know. And so I've literally gotten completely out of alignment on my fitness. Now, thankfully, I'm still fasting. I'm still doing intermittent fasting. I'm, I'm still in that. I'm still consuming mass quantities of water, not sponsored by Instagram, but if they're listening or paying attention. We can have that conversation. Um, for those of you guys who are listening, I totally have this white metal water bottle with an Instagram logo on it because I completely realize or forget to realize that this is also in audio form and oftentimes people can't see what I'm actually holding up. So it's unpontificating. Um, and then I really, and this, I don't know if it's a feeling or just wanted. I've had tinnitus for like the last month. It comes in waves where it'll be really severe and then it'll go down. And then it'll go back up again and then it'll go back down again with no seam or with no consistent cause. Mm -hmm. So I want that to go away because being in the music space, it's getting in my, under my skin and was messing with my mental health for several weeks mm. because I wasn't so sleeping, all of that. Anyways, the, that's three. Okay. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, and so what I'd like to do for you just for fun and because you're my friend um, and because you let us on your podcast. Um, so to give back to you, um, I am going to later send you a recording of me playing okay. that out, those three things out on the piano. Okay. And okay. what I actually do in my sessions with clients now is I have them record it with their voice and then I play the piano over their voice so they can meditate to their future. And what I've done is I've taken the energy of their future and put it in their present and it just, centers you it balances you and yeah so. yeah all right so i mean i don't i don't know how you're gonna follow that ryan but keep, you can try buddy uh <laughs> i am completely outclassed and i'm okay with it um you should see Solid, some of the solidarity uh, my man yeah <laughs> some of the um this is this is proud husband plug <laughs> You should like Lydia every now and then will like share a like a personal note that mm -hmm. someone that she's worked with has got like given me and like some of the stuff she's done recently is like I'm like can you share that like can you post that because it's like 
I don't know how to put it. Like, Amy blush. Yeah. So, um, but they're just like, like I want to create that sort of reaction in other people. Like I want to be that meaningful to other people. Um, right. I want. I want that. Like I want to. I want that now. So I want to create that for other people now. But um, but it's like she's like, well, I. It's a little vulnerable, and so I can't share some of those things. So it's like it's like I get to hear them, and I was just like, I'm like, man, you need to figure out a way to get these out there. But. Um, well, no. This is what you, yeah. this is what you do. You make you don't necessarily say the story. It, it, it's like uh, when you look at film, right? Yeah. The 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 inspired by true events. You can those are real stories. Mm -hmm. Often, characters are changed, locations are changed, those types of things. So it could be shared. It just takes some creative juices to make it happen. Mm, yeah, I'm gonna challenge <laughs> you. challenge yeah. issued. Yeah, she's. Uh, She's sharing with me, right? You don't share with anyway. I'll stop. Um, so there's there's two things I would say that are really exciting for for me right now. Um, the one kind of more centered on our conversation right now. Um, start with that one is I am working on launching a. Oh, you froze. I don't know if you can hear me still. I'm still here. We're good. Okay. All right. Um, and we're working on creating, or I should say we, it's me. Um, I'm working on putting out and organizing um, one week design sprints that are completely remote. Um, and it's meant to be a, like an, an absolute introduction. So you come just with an idea, no design experience. Um, it's aimed directly at people who are like, I'm facing a problem or I've been facing a problem, um, whether it be kind of uh, something maybe personal that you're working on, it could be habit, mm -hmm. um, it could be a business project or a service or a product. Um, and we work with five people in a session. So me as instructor, facilitator, whatever term you like to use, um, you're the not man. guy, he, he will listen to you. Um, and we'll take you through step-by-step -step over a process of a week. Um, and it's not particularly easy, but if you put in the work and you're willing to set about aside like about an hour a day, um, it can, I mean, you, you, you'll be guided step-by-step step from, you know, from understanding it to mapping your problem to really actually picking what you want to focusing on to going all the way through and actually developing like a little test something and then going, getting out and getting back in. Yeah. So, um, and then, and then kind of being able to reorient yourself and then, of course, if you wanted, you could jump back in the next one in the next week if you wanted. So um, I'm launching that um, now um, and this last week and I've gotten some interest, um, but it's open. Um, do the we'll make sure when we share when we share this on so, YouTube and when we share it on the audio version, we'll make yeah. sure to and we can amend the, the, the copy here added into the show into the show notes, um, the link yeah. for that so that people can check it out. Mm -hmm. But um, I just because I'm I'm learning how to do this all remote as well, so I think I'm going to do at least one session pro bono for for all the people. Um, and so it's posted out there; um, it is available. Um, we'll, we'll put the links, or I guess Ryan will put the links. I guess I don't have to do any work, which is great. Um, yeah, you don't have to do it; you yeah, just have so, to give it to me. Yeah, so that I can. So, I guess if I could speak directly to anybody listening. If you have a problem or you've struggled getting started with something that you're facing and it just seems like you've faced roadblock after roadblock um, and you haven't been able to kind of get the traction to get started, like come join me. We'll walk you through it and you'll join five or well, four other people um, and you're going to be working each on your own project, but it's highly collaborative. There's like no lecturing. It's completely project based. Um, it's all about discovering, learning, doing, and going fast. Um, so yeah, so that so that's um, that's my passion. Love it, and that's what I, I want to help people do. So that's that's like the super exciting thing, um, more related to what we've been talking about. But the second thing is, um, Lenny and I are now dog people. Um, <laughs> I, I like how I like how you said we are now dog people. Yeah, like we did. We were dog people before, but now we dog people. It's pretty much how it worked. Um, 
No, actually, literally. Um, so we got a call last Thursday um, about about 7 p.m. at night. And the call went like this. Um, oh, my goodness. Um, these are some friends who are coming over that night. Right. Uh, oh, my goodness. We're on our way. Um, but we're so sorry. Um, there was a puppy that was abandoned and then hit by a car. Uh, we took her to the vet and she's really hurt. Um, but she needs a place to stay tonight. because She can't stay with us. And we're looking for a place to stay. For her to stay just for the night before we kind of work out with the vet or find someone to, right. to for a while. Um, so we're like, we'll take her for yeah, a we'll night. We'll take her for a night. Um, and now that's that's, I quickly changed from Lydia and I having a conversation that night, being like, why don't we just keep the dog? We just, just we really fell yeah. in love. And also, so, yeah. I I want to tell like before two months before this, a little girl that goes to our church, she's eight years old, like drew us a picture, you know, like stick people um, with mm-hmm. little dog beside us and she gave it to us and she's like here you guys are and i'm like there's a dog we don't own a dog she's like you will <laughs> and i'm like okay. <laughs> children the best manifest i know really yeah lydia and i have been talking about getting a dog for a while now um but we did not anticipate there would be any That's time great. soon it just just so happened that luna is what we're calling her yeah. <laughs> Name. I'm still really bad at that. You think he calls her like every, every other name, but not, <laughs> but not Luna. Luna. Just dog. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so now we have Luna, and she's she's under the weather, but she's she's healing. She's got a she pretty scraped up, um, broken rib, um, hip was bashed pretty good from the car accident. So she's she's a cone. Not yeah, a cone, cone head, cone shame. So. I don't know if we said this, but she's a three month old lab. Yeah. Um, she's really so cute. basically she's just really cute. Yeah, she's a furball is absolutely probably crazy. Well, not too crazy with the fact that getting she can, she's getting crazy. We got her and we're like, is she just docile or is she just like really hurt? And yeah. it was definitely the latter because she's mm-hmm. been chewing everything up yeah. today. She's she's like <laughs> she got one leg like bandaged up. And so Our she's like three legs and just going everywhere and not sleeping nearly as much anymore. Yeah, that's true. Welcome um, to being a parent. Yeah. We're so, gonna have to buy a new weed eater because she like chewed the cord. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's it. Uh, that's just called parent life. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's dogs. That's cats. That that's just so, being a parent. I always thought that I should get a dog if we ever thought of having kids because I always kill my plants and I'm like I should see about having a dog first to see how this works. So this is a good. A good plan. I'm realizing something else because, like, so I I do not have maternal instincts when it comes to her at all. Like, I sleep throughout the night, and like Ryan, the first night or the next morning, he's like, he wakes up and he's all like, you know, like all sleepy. He's like, Lydia, I literally got up three times. I'm like, you did? I didn't hear you at all. Yeah, she does not wake up, and if she does wake up, she just she's still asleep. Not cognizant of the fact that she's now waking up. Yeah. Dog can't get up and down the stairs. It's only got like three legs, and especially when she's hurt. So I'm like carrying this huge furball downstairs. Yeah. Oh, the place. He's it's a pretty... good daddy. But right. that that's a lot of exciting things all kind of coming together all at once. So I'm really happy for you guys. Um, it has come to be that time where we must wrap up. Hard. This is why the show is an hour because try to fit this into 15 minutes it doesn't happen. Um, so with that being said, where is the best place for if people listen to the show? Obviously, we're going to include in the links. But what is, if somebody wanted to connect with you guys on a platform, what platform would be the best way for them to connect with you on? For me, Instagram. Definitely check me out at Abundant Heart Space. And then my website, AbundantHeartSpace.com as well. And I have a podcast called Find Your Happy. And you can find it on any podcast. Thank you. All love the plugs. I love yeah, the right. plugs. If you go to Instagram for her, I think you can get to it's everything. It's all else. on there, yeah, on Instagram. It is. Yep. Um, Instagram is the same one for me. Um, and it's definitely Central Hub for where I run everything else. Um, you can find me on Instagram at it's Ryan at Kinistic. Uh, it's like our last name mixed with heuristic, which is uh, essentially a, it's a basically A E E N I S T I S. I can't spell it. It'll be in the links for anybody watching me flail around trying to spell things. Yeah. But, um, little plan words, but I love it. 
Awesome. My, awesome, my friends. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Thank you very much for being a part of this community. Uh, it means the world to me. Uh, thank you to everybody who will hear this after the fact or watch this after the fact, or if anybody bounced in live, they changed my formatting. So I can't even see when, if anybody joined in because all of it doesn't, the end my interface has changed anyways. Um, so with that being said, I just want to say a very deep amount of thanks to both of you and to everybody who continually week in and week out supports this show in this community. Um, so with that being said, we will be back. We will be back. That would be proper English, Ryan. We will be back next. Wait. Got to double check. Yes. Yes, we will be back next Tuesday. I had to double check because my birthday is Monday, you know, so I didn't necessarily want to have an episode on my birthday. So I had to just be sure I was getting my days right. So, yes, we will be back next week with a, another episode. Uh, but in the meantime, as I wrap up, Every content piece that I have put out for the last nearly two years now, I'm going to say the following. It's my own little, I don't say mantra or whatever. It's just a little saying that I say. So here it is. So it starts off with number one, which is to be happy or not be happy, find happiness. Number two is to have fun. And number three is to work because everything in life that is worth it takes work. But very large but. There is no amount of work on planet Earth that can bring you happiness or fun. So you have to, have to, have to find that, find those two first and make sure. And again, I admittedly terrible at this lately, but make sure that you take, take time to breathe. Even if you just say the word once a day, because it does that really, really cool thing where it forces you to do the action that the word is. So with no further ado, I'm going to end this episode. I'm going to say thank you to my guests. Thank you to all the viewers, all of the listeners, all of the continual supporters of this community and this show. And we'll see you guys next week.